This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey folks, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 290, recorded Monday, November the 7th, 2016. Oh, remember, remember the fifth plus two of number. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? I think that's how it went. Yeah, me too. Yeah, why not? Well, it's the 7th of November, and we are here to talk about season seven, episode three, which we'll get to in a minute. Before we do that, though, I want to remind everyone about our Record Your Favorite Scene competition. We started it with Season 7. This is the third one we've done, and the idea is you pick a scene from any episode, from any season of The Walking Dead. You record it into your phone, into your computer, into your reel-to-reel tape recording studio system. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) And then you uh, send that to us as a digital file. I suggest MP3 or... AAC or FLAC or whatever you want to use. And uh, we listen to it and we have a really good time. And at the end of the season, we're going to choose our favorite. And that person is going to receive a fancy prize pack. The first prize in that pack, which will be growing over the season, but the first prize is a zombie t-shirt from Nick and Norman's restaurant in Sonoy, Georgia. And it's a parody of the Queen 2 album cover, which is really cool. Awesome. So that's very, very exciting. Uh, Jason, I'm going to play another entry for us right now. Good. This comes from, I'm glad you think so. Yes. <laughs> this comes from Taylor in Lake Tahoe, California. Ron? Hey. You all right, man? Enid's dead. We're all dead. Look, my dad's going to figure something out. He always does. That's bullshit. Your dad's just going to get more people killed. Because that's what he does. That's who he is. Your dad's a killer. So is yours. We need to work this out. I'm dead, Carl. My mom's dead. My brother is. No, they're not. We're gonna make it. Your dad. You're dead, too. We're all dead. Listen, I am. Hand me the gun. Grip first. Carl, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Now give me the gun. Look, man, I get it. My dad killed your dad, but you need to know something. Your dad was an asshole. (laughs) Hey, your dad was an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, anytime you can read that on the internet. You're doing well. That's right. So thank you, Taylor, in Lake Tahoe, California. That, of course, was Ron and Carl having their little Your Dad's an Asshole conversation from season six. (laughs) And uh, really, really well done. So that's just a sample um, of one entry. If you want to get an entry in, pick a scene, record it, and send it via email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And I I like to play as many of them as I can throughout the course of the season. So uh, you'll you'll probably hear yourself on here at some point. And if you don't want me to play it, then just let me know. But um, we still might choose you as a winner. And if you win, I'm afraid I have to play it. 
Right. So, that's the rule right yeah, there. That's that's one of the rules, exactly. So uh, thanks again, Taylor, for that. Very, very cool. And get your entries in. Okay, no screwing around this week, Jason. We're going to move right into our recap of this week's episode. And uh, here's what it was called. The Cell. Sometimes when you're on the outside, you work to make it inside, only to find out you're in the cell. Give me a C. Give me an E. Give me an L. Give me an L. What do you get? Daryl Dixon naked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Nice. That's what you get when you give me a C, an E, an L, and an L. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you to Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey, Phil in Kansas City, and Lee in St. Catharines for your title reads. Uh, I think I've sort of forgot to mention in the last couple of weeks that uh, title reading is another thing we we love when our listeners do. Um, So in, you know... It, just giving you another opportunity to record yourself into your computer or phone and then hear your voice on the podcast. If you want to read the title, just go look it up on Wikipedia or wherever you get your uh, TV episode titles from on the internet these days and uh, send us a recording of it. And I love to play those as well. Super fun. What would be a lot of fun, Chris, in addition to that would be if the name of uh, of the episode title appeared in a previous scene somewhere and you did both with the same recording. Holy mind blown, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. It, it would. Uh, and in fact, season seven, ep- episode one was just that. The day, That's right. the day will come when you won't be or whatever. That's what Jenner said in way back in season one. So there you go. Crazy. Um, so there, that's it. Title reads. Uh, send them in if you want to do if you want to hear yourself uh, announce the title. All right. So season seven, episode three, The Cell. We start out with um, a rather unexpected sort of opening shot. It's a shot of who's the boss. Yes. With not the right music. No, not the right music, but it's Tony Danza. He's he's there, and we're watching VHS Who's the Boss. I guess that's all that's available in the zombie apocalypse. Well, of course, because VHS will never die. It'll <laughs> just keep coming back from the dead. <laughs> Zing. Uh, I don't know about that, man. I think VHS actually will probably die. It is not the most durable format in the world. You still have VHS tapes, Christopher? I do not. How dare you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have a number of VHS tapes. I have, well, Jenny still has her VHS movie collection that she refuses to let go. Well, that's I still sad. have a uh, a cassette player. Oh, that's, it's even more sad. I got rid of my VHS player like over a decade ago. I mean, it's not hooked up to anything. It's in the, the junk room with all the other junk. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. I, <laughs> I'm not surprised about that, but like I actually got rid of mine like haven't i haven't had one in the house for at least 10 years maybe more oh that's and, nice for you and if i have any vhs tapes they are like in a box in the attic somewhere and i haven't looked at them in a long long time so uh yeah I, i'm pretty sure vhs is dead how are you gonna watch your old porn from the 90s how, like how it's you all you can't find it on the internet it's the 90s dude i'm pretty sure it actually is on the internet <laughs> everything <laughs> is on the internet so that's how I watch my porn from the 90s. Well, you, had to, you had to go find your old porn. 
and, uh, on the internet. I had to go dig it up. I had to search by description. It took a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're watching Who's the Boss, and basically it's Dwight. Remember Dwight? I do. He's he's kind of hanging out. He's playing drinking games with people and some sort of uh, table hockey or air hockey or something game. I'm not sure what that game was, but they seem to be taking shots. He's carving little wooden people out of wood. And, you know, it's just sort of a montage of, of I, I guess, what what Dwight does in his leisure time and uh, what he does day to day. So we see him in sort of that factory. People are working. They're baking. There's a scene where uh, Dwight watches a couple of guys fight over something in, in the factory and they just start beating on each other. And this whole time he's gathering food like bread, mustard, pickles, lettuce, tomatoes, an egg. And the whole thing seems to be about Dwight making a sandwich. It's a sandwich montage. It is. You Starting with who's the boss. <laughs> you don't get a lot of sandwich montages on TV. Hardly any. Hardly any. But I got to admit, it looks like a really good sandwich. It in, does. In my it opinion. Really does. Yeah, I agree. I love a good egg sandwich. Uh, there's a scene though, where Negan walks by and everybody immediately kneels down. We saw that in the trailer, but here it is in context. Uh, if you can call in a montage in context. You can. I guess so. I think you can. Yeah. So once he makes his sandwich, we sort of, you know, music is playing and the music stops and we hard cut to Dwight outside and he's watching people who are wearing shirts marked with letters kind of wrangling zombies onto stakes. And the way they're doing it is they put a bucket on their head to move them around. And uh, Dwight kind of focuses on them doing this and focuses on one zombie just raising itself up and down on one of those stakes. That was really neat. That was a really neat effect. Watching this this poor extra do this? Yeah. Well, it was. I assume it was an extra. Or, you know, it's a hero zombie of some kind, but uh, going up and down on the stake, going through his chest. And uh, I watched to try and figure out exactly how they did this, and I couldn't tell. It, it's probably like it's actually just going through his armpit or something like that, or... It's... Uh, Looks pretty good. I don't know. I think maybe the stake was added digitally afterwards, but oh. anyway, it was uh, really well done. It was. It looked pretty cool. Um, I thought they focused on it for quite a long time. Like, they really wanted us to to see that that zombie was just up, down, up, down, just carving its way, well, carving that stake right through its chest. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty neat. Um, after this, uh, we see Dwight making another sandwich to contrast his delicious-looking sandwich. Now he's making a dog food sandwich. On the crusty pieces of bread on the end pieces which most people hate but i actually don't mind oh the elbows i uh, people love the elbows of bread oh i do i didn't know they were called elbows but i love them yeah yeah they are well he makes a dog food sandwich and he takes it to daryl who's in a cell locked in a dark room and is totally naked and he's basically caged like an animal yeah. And they're treating him like an animal and he's being fed animal food. So on a sandwich, I mean that's a step up from animal food. It might have he might have just thrown him an open can of dog food. That would have been one thing, but uh, he, he was nice enough to put it on bread and bring it to him uh, on a plate. So a you're saying plate. <laughs> So you're saying Daryl should be appreciative of this? I'm saying that's a step up from caged animal. Okay. He's being catered to a little bit. One, and I don't, you know, it doesn't look like Daryl's uh, sitting in his own feces. So he probably has a bucket 
So that's nice too. You know what? It did. I did. It did occur to me while watching this. There's not enough feces around that room. Like if he's been in there for a long time, and being fed dog food, and being fed dog food, who knows what that does to your gastrointestinal system? You would think there would be that room would be in a lot worse shape in terms of feces. Yeah. Well, the camera is always in one end of the room, so I assume that the uh, the camera's in the in the shitty end of the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you can't see it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with that because uh, I'm not sure I would want to see that end of the room anyways. Yeah, that's true. All right. So that's the cold open. We go to the opening credits. Obviously, Daryl's been suffering and they're not treating him very well. We come back and he's lying on the floor and there's music playing and it's a song called Easy Street by the Collapsible Hearts Band. My favorite song now. <laughs> well, you heard it enough. <laughs> yeah. You did hear it enough. You know, it occurred to me that it would be funny if I downloaded that song and then every time you started talking, I just turn it on and it's a good idea. overpowered you, but I didn't do that. I'm sorry. It might have been funny, though. I, I don't see a problem with that. Okay. <laughs> well, it I, I wasn't sure at first if they were, if this was just soundtrack music or if it was supposed to be in the episode. Turns out it's in the episode because they're using this song to torture poor Daryl, just playing it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's insidious. Is there a word for that kind of music torture? Probably. <laughs> but you don't know what it is? <laughs> no, not off the top of my head, no. All right. Well, uh, the song's playing. Dwight comes in with another sandwich. Daryl eats that. And uh, music stops for a second. Daryl starts to fall to the floor, I think, in relief. But then the music starts again. So oh. they are really working this, working him over with this music. And this keeps repeating over time. Dwight comes back, same song, dog food sandwich. Um, but after a while, Dwight brings some clothes. Nice. So that's a step up. Now he's a clothed, almost caged animal eating dog food. It's nice to have perks. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, and then finally, Dwight comes and takes Daryl for a walk. And the clothes he's given him are basically a sweat pants and sweatshirt. And on the front of the sweatshirt is a big red A. Yay, it has reappeared. It has reappeared. We've seen this big red A in Terminus, on the way to Terminus. They were in train car A. Is it just a coincidence or is there something oh, God, more? No. Oh, well, I don't know what it is. I think it's an Easter egg, but I don't know if it's significant in the story. It's hardly an Easter egg, though, because they made such a big deal of the A back at Terminus. And now the A is here again. It's it's not like anyone would not put the two together, is it? No, but Easter eggs are not meant to be hard to find either. Well, right? When you hide Easter eggs from your kids, do you hide them in places that they will probably never find them? Oh, they're still looking for uh, Easter eggs from last Easter. <laughs> some of them, yes, but not all of them, right? <laughs> not all of them, yeah. There's some that are quite obvious, like you hide them in their shoes or on top of the TV or in a spoon that's in their hand, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. That would be easy to find, spoon in hand. Right. So this is one of the easy Easter eggs. It's still an Easter egg, but it just happens to be relatively apparent. Right. Okay. Well, it's, I, I guess, I'm just wondering if it's, if it's important within the, the Walking Dead, of, like within the universe. So within the story. Yeah. Well, I really have no idea. Um, yeah, neither do I. I'm wondering. I mean, do, 
is it possible that these guys at Negan's compound have any connection to the people at Terminus? I don't think so. Because that's in Atlanta. This is in near Washington, D.C. I really don't think so. Clearly very far away. Exactly. So yeah. Negan doesn't have so. that big a reach. His reach might be big, though. But you, you would think Not it's in big. the general vicinity, right? Not without major uh, telecommunications or <laughs> some kind of uh, regular transportation. Can you have a, a, a fiefdom that's that large? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, anyways, they've. Dwight's taking Daryl for a walk. Uh, they pass some guys mopping the floor. Who knows what they're mopping up? <laughs> that with nothing. The dry mops, just scraping them around. There was no water involved in this mopping whatsoever. There wasn't even a bucket there, was there? Nope, they're just going up and down with the mops. <laughs> so their whole purpose was to pretend they're mopping and give Daryl the evil eyes he walks by. Yes, I choose to believe that that is the way they wanted it and wasn't just a production thing so that uh, poor barefooted uh, Norman Reedus wouldn't slip on a slippery floor and <laughs> cost them money in insurance. Oh yeah. That would be very expensive. <laughs> well, they're going to visit Dr. Carson and Dr. Carson has just finished examining Sherry. It looks like now Sherry, if you recall, is one of the women that Daryl encountered back in season six in that burnt out forest when he met up with Dwight and Sherry and Terry, I think, right? Was it Sherry and Terry? Uh, I don't remember the names, but uh, yes, she was one of the women in that encounter. She was. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's where we've seen her before. Sherry apparently has just taken a pregnancy test, but it came back negative. And Dwight responds with, oh, well, maybe next time. Right. Uh, we don't really know what that means at this point, but he doesn't seem that upset about it. He just is very nonchalant. He seemed pretty upset to me. You think so? He, he I think, I, I think it was, uh, emotionally significant for him. I got, I clued in on that right away that he was pretending not to care, but, mm. uh, I thought that obviously he did care. Well, maybe, I mean, it, it, it comes out later in the episode, of course, that this is not his, uh, well, it's he's not attempting to be the father of this baby. Uh so I would think he's that, not the preg pregnator. <laughs> the impregnator? No. Yeah, that's the word. He is the not impreg the impregnator. He, he is not the impregnator. Um so I, I you're right. Maybe he was trying to act sort of nonchalant about it, but deep down, you know, this is formerly his wife and his it is no longer his wife and he's probably yeah even though he doesn't really come across that way, might be a little bit upset about that. Yeah. It's like uh, running into your ex-girlfriend and her telling you that her new boyfriend bought her a car, right? <laughs> you, tr you try not to care. It's like, oh, that's that's nice for you. Great. But deep down inside, you're seething because uh, you're jealous of the new boyfriend. Sure. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, knocking, uh, attempting to knock her up is like buying a car. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to draw weird parallels. Not a lot of cars being purchased in the in The Walking Dead these days, so... No. It makes sense. Well, um, Sherry advises Daryl. She, she starts talking to Daryl, and she advises him to do whatever they say. And uh, Dwight basically says, don't talk to him. And then the doctor looks at Daryl. He looks at uh, his shoulder, I guess, where he was shot. And he says that it'll heal if you let it, and Negan will take good care of you. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's some interesting 
physician advice there. It's like, yep, it'll be fine. Negan will take care of you. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that uh, physicians in this uh, encampment really have the same uh, Hippocratic oath that uh, regular doctors would adhere to. Yeah, they, they, may, they may not. And uh, But it's just a weird thing to say at that moment, I thought. You know, at the very least, he could focus on the injury a little bit, but this doctor doesn't seem to really care about what he's doing. No. You know, so uh, they uh, they leave and they're walking back through the halls and they encounter Negan coming around a corner. Dwight kneels and forces Daryl down to kneel. So everyone kneels before Negan and Negan says he needs to talk to Dwight. So they put Daryl in a chair with a guy pointing a gun at him. And while he's sitting there, he gets a peek into the room where Negan lives, presumably, and he sees a, a kitchen, kind of a nice leather chair, a bed, books, TV, all these all these comforts that I guess Negan has. Uh, I never, Negan doesn't live in that room. Well, later on in the episode, at the end, though, that's where Negan is sitting when Dwight brings Daryl in. Yes, but then Negan says, this could be yours. This is the incentive. This is, they sat him down in front of a room that looks comforting and inviting and uh, will eventually be his room if he decides to join Negan. Okay, so that, you don't... That's not Negan's room. That's Daryl's room. Okay, I see. I see. I thought he was kind of saying, like, this is how good I have it, and you can have this too if you if you join our cause here. No, I think Negan's room is probably a little more opulent than uh, than that, sitting on uh, uh, old crates, like the beds on... Uh, pallets. What do you call this? Pallets, that's the word. Yeah. So no no his uh, his room is a little more opulent than this this hovel. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, you're probably right. I mean, Negan is the kind of guy that would live in a friggin' like palace somewhere in yep. this compound. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a pretty nice room compared to what Daryl has been used to. Although Alexandria has some pretty nice houses. Alexandria has some pretty nice houses, but Daryl's lived in some pretty big shitholes, right? He sure, he's has. burned down shittier places than that <laughs> yes yeah so i guess they're they're offering him they are offering him a pretty nice room but that that makes more sense you're absolutely right um so it has all those things uh dwight comes back and he takes daryl outside outside to where he was eating the sandwich and he shows him what the guys with the letters are doing wrangling those zombies and he takes daryl's crossbow and shoots one on shoots a bolt uh, through one of the zombies and um, Dwight tells Daryl that uh, it's his choice. You can be like them or you can be like me, you know, do what they're doing or have the good life and do what I do. Yeah. So uh, like, what kind of choice is that really? You, uh, you know, how can you not want to be like me is kind of what Dwight's saying. Right. So after a commercial break, Dwight throws Daryl back into his cell and Daryl says he ain't never going to kneel, so he's not ready yet to uh, join Negan's crew because he won't kneel in front of anybody. But Dwight tells him he'll learn, and when he leaves, Easy Street starts up again, so back to the music. <laughs> <laughs> By this time, I'm like, man, that song would be driving me crazy. I, I really like this song. I wish I could, I want to hear the whole song from beginning to end. Well, like we just got snippets of it, right? I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to take, check it out and see if I can find it from beginning to end. It's there. It's available on iTunes. I very well may use it as our musical interlude in this podcast. So Sweet. everybody get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
After Dwight leaves and the music is on, though, Daryl this time starts to examine the door, presumably for a way out, and then he starts kicking it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like if how's that going to help? You're just kicking the door and they're standing out in the hall. Probably they can hear you kicking the door. Why not just like sort of discreetly look around and see if there's anything he could do to like pick the lock or anything. I don't know. Kicking the door doesn't seem very productive. Metal fatigue. You just need to have a, if there's a little bit of movement in the door, if uh, you kick that door enough, that little bit of movement will fatigue the metal to a point where there might be a failure that uh, would allow the door to be to open. Sure, but doesn't kicking the door just alert them to what you're doing and invite them to come in and beat the crap out of you again until you stop kicking the door? Yeah, but if they don't do that, then they'll get used to the kicking and you can kick to your heart's content. So what you're saying is you might as well just give it a try and hopefully they don't kick your ass and you might end up kicking the door open. Yeah, and okay. it's a way of alleviating rage and uh, fucking up your foot if you <laughs> want to do that. I guess so. The alleviating rage is a good point because, like, they're trying to break him, right? And if he's in there just stewing in his own rage, he might be more prone to, you know, breaking, I would think. And if he's getting that rage out, that might be a good way to keep his wits about him. It's true. Eh, it seems to make sense. Next time I'm in a cell eating dog food sandwiches and someone's trying to break me, I'm going to kick the door. Give it, a, give it a shot. Like when I come over to your place. Yeah, the next time that all happens when you come over to my place. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, now we I get better a, prepare the cell. <laughs> yeah, you better get that cleaned up for me, man. Yeah. Um, right now it's full of old uh, VCRs and stuff. <laughs> right. Those things don't kick doors. <laughs> <laughs> so we go, we cut to a scene of Negan and Dwight. And they're talking about, you know, how they're trying to break Daryl. And Dwight thinks Daryl is close. Now, Negan offers Dwight a reward for doing such good work. And basically, the reward is kind of icky. He offers offers Dwight like a night with a woman, one of the women, one of his wives, maybe. And he says as long as she says yes. So I guess consent is important to Negan. That's nice. Yeah, okay. I I don't know if there's much nice about this whole idea, though. Hey, you can do whatever you want as long as there's consent. You know, if everybody consents, then uh, have at it. But, you know, it's it's the not having the consent part that's that's really, really nasty. Okay. Take that out, though. I still feel like this whole situation is a bit gross. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, as long as the consent is freely given and not uh, coerced or... Uh, forced upon somebody. Well, right? gun to your head is not really consent. That's yeah, that's under duress. As long as it's not under, under duress and everybody is a consenting adult, whatever. Yeah, I, I that's all fine and good, but I still feel like this is a a disgusting situation, and I'm glad that Dwight declines. Frankly, Dwight declined, and Negan is surprised about this. And to, you know, this tells me that Negan is a monster. We already kind of know that, right? And Dwight still has a little bit of human left to him, I feel like. Oh, yeah. They're uh, they're definitely humanizing Dwight in this episode. Yeah. We are definitely learning to really like this guy, and uh, that's going to come back. He's going to die at some point, and we're going to feel bad about it. I don't think he's going to die. I think we can talk about that later. But uh, I think despite, yeah, despite making Dwight do some horrible things and torture Daryl Dixon, which a lot of people aren't going to like they're, they're making Dwight, uh, they're, they're, they're giving us this little bit of Dwight's humanity, right? He's not the monster that Negan is like, there's nothing redeeming, 
redeeming about Negan. Dwight, maybe there is. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, but basically Dwight said he declines and says he doesn't think he's earned it yet. So again, a little icky, like maybe <laughs> if he felt like he had earned it, that is a bit weird, but I'm glad he he's, didn't. He's trying to decline in a language that Negan might understand. That's right. He's, I don't think he actually believes that. I think what he believes is I'm a married man and uh, I don't want to partake in that kind of thing uh, because I still hold true to my vows. But he can't say that to Negan because Negan's going to bash him on or about the head with a barbed wire wrapped bat named Lucille mm -hmm. uh, if he does that. So he's trying to talk to Negan in a language that he might understand yeah, and accept. That makes sense. And I like that about Dwight. He's smart enough to kind of know what he's doing. Like, and it makes me wonder, like, is he fooling Negan in a way? By by following him and doing his you know dirty work and being one of his right hand men, um, right. or is he really totally brainwashed by the guy? I think there's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B here. I don't think he's totally brainwashed. I think he's kind of stuck. Yeah, he has no other option, right? He has no other option, which is something I need. Uh, we're going to talk about with uh, with Daryl later on. All right. Well, a call comes through on the radio that he's holding that somebody is you know, run off basically. And the person on the radio says he either went the moth way, the angel way, or the herd way. There's only three right. ways. Um, and Dwight basically says he's going to go after him, but Negan says, no, you don't have to make somebody else do it. Uh, but Dwight says he likes to do this kind of thing. Um, and then we see Dwight leaving past a big stone angel statue wrapped in severed hands. So I guess the guy took the angel way. I guess so. I guess. Uh, quick shot of Daryl on the road. He's, uh, sorry, of Dwight on the road, but you'd think it was Daryl because he's wearing Daryl's vest. He's riding Daryl's motorcycle. He's carrying Daryl's crossbow. I don't think that's Daryl's motorcycle. Okay, it, it's, it's a motorcycle, which is a vehicle that Daryl enjoyed riding it is it is there go so there's uh there's a motorcycle uh motor pool mm -hmm. which we'll see a little bit later but uh daryl's motorcycle had big big knobby tires on it uh, the one that dwight was riding did not have big knobby tires no and didn't he have big like handlebars on daryl's too ape hangers i think so is that what those are called those are called ape hangers yeah okay well like you hang off them like an ape hanging off a tree <laughs> i didn't know that but sure i think <laughs> i think he had ape hangers on there they're comfy for, uh, apparently they're really comfortable for uh, riding long distances because uh, you sit up straight while you're riding. Right. And your weight isn't on your arms or something like That's that? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, when you ride your, uh, when you ride your bike a lot and you're hunched over, uh, you know, your shoulders get sore after a while. Yep. Whereas uh, if you had ape hangers, your shoulders would not get sore. You'd be sitting up straight. Everything would be uh, going along fine for long distances. All right. Well, maybe I'll add some ape, ape hangers to my bicycle. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Um, but that's it. He's just taken off Dwight on the road. We're, we go back to Daryl in the cell. The music is playing. And if Dwight's not there, so somebody else brings the dog food sandwich this time. And Daryl takes it, but then realizes that the guy left the door unlocked. So yeah. this guy's a bit of a boob. If you're keeping a guy oh. in a cell, lock the door. Yeah, I didn't. I knew right away that it was a trap. You think it was intentional? Yes. 
I, I right away I'm like, yeah, people don't forget to lock the door. Yeah, you're probably right. But are you sure? Maybe it was his first day. Like he was new, and he forgot the key in his room. Maybe he was like, I'll come back and lock the door in a minute. He's not going to go anywhere. Well, how did you unlock the door if you didn't have the key? You don't forget to lock the door of a cell. That's true. It is a cell. It's not really a cell if it's not locked. So yeah, more of a, more of a room. Yeah, more of a dark room. Well, the door is unlocked. And Daryl sneaks out and is exploring the halls, and he manages to avoid being seen by anyone. Um, so you think they let him get out so that they could yeah. recapture him later? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, they're trying to indoctrinate him into the Negan society, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, you have to fuck with him, and you can't just fuck with him by leaving him in a cell. You have to you have to give him incentive. You have to give him hope. You have to, uh, yeah, you have to give him a way out literally and figuratively and then take it away. Yeah. So that, uh, you, you lose that hope. Yeah. That's evil, man. <laughs> but yeah. That's what they're trying to do, I guess. Well, before we find out what happens there, we go back on the road with Dwight. He's now walking the bike through a bunch of walkers on the highway. They're all splattered down and there's a, we get a wide shot with just a big splatter of gore all over the place. Like, I'm kind of curious about what happened here. Uh, it's under an underpass, so I assume there was a car accident and or zombies falling off the uh, the overpass. Yeah, well, a zombie does fall off the overpass. Uh, and I think that's what's happened to most of them that are down there, because they're all stuck on the ground, right? They've got broken limbs, broken, oh, yeah. broken legs. So they can't walk around. They're just dragging themselves around on the ground. And then as Dwight is standing there looking at everything, another zombie comes hurtling off the bridge and almost lands right on top of him. But he kind of jumps back and the zombie lands between him and the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, he why, jumps. Why is, why is Dwight walking the motorcycle? Well, it appears that he has a flat tire. And like we we get a shot of the front tire and the rim is all bent up and it looks like the tire is kind of flat. We don't see that happen, but oh. presumably it did at some point. So I think we may might have missed something that got edited out. I think which it's, I felt a little sad about. I think it's probably a a scene that was deleted. Probably end up on the DVD or the Blu-ray. You're right. It did feel weird. Like he rides out of there and then all of a sudden. He's walking it, and we're just supposed to know that, you know, he blew a tire or had an accident or something like that. Yeah. So, but anyways, he's walking it, and he jumps out of the way of this zombie falling off, but he ends up, you know, jumping out of the way on the ground and being attacked and has to fight off some of the zombies that are um, that are lying there. And yep. he looks like he's in, you know, trouble, but he gets his gun out and ends up shooting one of them, and... Then we uh, go back to Daryl. So we don't really find out what happens there. He escapes. He escapes, exactly. Now, later on, we'll get to it in a minute, but later on when he finds that guy on the road, he's limping and he seems to be injured. So my question is, did he get injured in the fight with the zombies or did he get injured in the motorcycle accident that we didn't see? Well, let me go back and see if he's limping while he's walking the motorbike. It's hard to tell because you're pushing a motorbike. I don't know. So if he's not, or I would be more inclined to say he got injured in the motorcycle accident rather than the uh, falling zombie accident. He doesn't look like he's limping while pushing the motorcycle. So I think he got 
injured yeah. while the zombie fell on him. I guess yeah, he's he... not limping at all. Okay, so I guess he jumps back, twists his ankle, and then falls down or something. Yeah. All right. I can take it. We go back to Daryl. He's standing in the hall. Sherry sneaks up on him. So none of the guards see him, but Sherry sneaks up on him. And she basically tells him to go back and just do what they say. And she says, whatever he's done to you, it can get worse. There is more. And, of course, uh, he's Daryl Dixon, so he does not listen. And he goes outside into an alley where the motorcycle pool is that you mentioned. And as he's looking at the motorcycles, a bunch of Negan's men come out and surround him. And then Negan comes up whistling his tune. Uh, so this was all planned. They wanted him to get out. They wanted him to find, you know, that small hope of riding away into the sunset on a motorcycle. And then they were just there waiting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Commercial break. We come back and Negan walks up into the circle. They've now surrounded him. And Negan does this thing where he asks, who are you? And points at one of his guys and he responds, Negan. And then he does it to another guy, and he responds, Negan. And then he asks the whole group, and they all in unison respond, Negan. Handy. Yeah, so Negan says, as you can see, I'm everywhere. So he's got these he's got these guys brainwashed. Or at least trained. Trained really well, yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know what? Now at this point, he tells Daryl basically that uh, he's failed the test. So I think, I think you're right. He's basically admitting, you know, this was kind of us testing you, right? Yeah. Letting you go. And that he says, Daryl doesn't get it yet. And he gives him three options. He says, you can work for me as a dead man on the spike. You can work for points, but you'll wish you were dead. Or you can just be me, basically become one of my men and live like a king. And get new shoes. And that's right. Get new shoes in a nice room because he's standing yeah. there without shoes on. I think uh, all, out of all those options, I'm pretty sure I'm working for points. Yeah. And wishing you were dead. Yeah. And just, you know, in generally in life, I think I'm, uh, I'm not sure I'm, I'm wishing for death. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I think I'm working for points because I'm definitely not uh, living, living at large. And it's been a while. Since I got a new pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. So you're working. I I didn't realize you meant in real life, but uh, so you're working for points and uh, your point total isn't maybe as high as it should be right now. Not quite yet. I'm getting points every now and again, but uh, karma, if you will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm working for points. All right. Uh, well, I hope I hope you can score more at some point soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then now comes one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode when Negan basically pretends to, he takes a swing with Lucille at Daryl, but he stops short of hitting him and Daryl does not flinch. He just stands there and doesn't flinch. And Negan is really surprised and says, boy, you don't scare easy. Yeah. And I love this scene because, you know, it was Negan playing with him, just toying with him, trying to get him to like flinch and fall down. But Daryl stands his ground, and I kind of liked that about both characters. Yeah, it was it was really good. Even though I, I think I think Daryl had to, in order to do that, in order to not flinch, you basically have to be leaning into wanting to die. Yeah, I think he's accepted that uh, that Negan will probably end up killing him. Yeah, well, Daryl, he appears to be the unbreakable man. Like he doesn't 
he doesn't seem like he is going to break at all. Like he's not going to bow down to Negan no matter what. I think he should, but I think you're right. You think he should fake it or. Well, yes, specifically, I think he should fake it. Right. Uh, You might be right. I mean, that might make his life a lot easier and maybe give him the opportunity he needs to do something. Uh, Get your hands on a shotgun. You know, instead of being in a cell, uh, sleeping in your own feces, you can have your hands on a shotgun and sleeping on uh, a bunch of pallets. Yeah, totally. With a, with a microwave. <laughs> yeah, that probably you can't use very much, but whatever, no, it's there. If you can watch Who's the Boss, you can use a microwave. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Or a toaster oven or a kettle or something. Oh, a kettle. Some hot water would be right nice right about now. And mustard on bread. Oh, yeah. That was a good-looking sandwich, man. Yeah. Well, I loved how Daryl didn't flinch because you're right. Daryl's leaning towards either I I am just that standoffish with you or I want to die. Either way, I thought it was awesome. Negan's surprised, but he starts talking about Lucille, you know, like Lucille is a real person. And he says that Lucille finds this disrespectful, but lucky for Daryl, she's not feeling too thirsty today. Uh, but he says, I am feeling thirsty, and then he sort of threatens him again and says, so I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> nice. Because that's what you do when you're thirsty. Uh, as Negan walks away, though, the rest of his guys start beating on Daryl, so they're not opposed to that. They punch him down, start kicking him on the ground. It's part back. of the lesson. You're right. Part of the lesson. <laughs> yeah. You get beat up. Uh, back to Dwight. He is still walking the bike. Oh, now it shows the flat tire. I don't think it showed the flat tire before. No, it didn't, but it shows it now. But this, to me, it explained why he was walking the bike. But uh, since it happened before the the zombie pile, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't understand why or what happened to cause that. Is it is it possible he was just walking it through the zombie pile just to be safe, so he didn't like slide on some gore and and have a wreck? If he's the world's biggest idiot, yeah. <laughs> well, he's. He might be. I don't know. I don't think he's the world's biggest idiot. Go around. Like, All right. It's a, you know, you got a motorbike in order to be able to go around stuff that uh, uh, another vehicle wouldn't be able to do. So, you know, go around. I mean, sure, it's a road bike and uh, what you need is a Sanchez. If you had a Sanchez, you could go anywhere you wanted. Do you but, know what a Sanchez is just because of Grand Theft Auto? It's a made up motorbike name, but I'm re- referencing Grand Theft Auto because <laughs> okay. that's my favorite vehicle in all of the Grand Theft Auto uh, series. It is pretty fun to to ride that thing. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so I was confused. Now is when we find out about the flat tire, but you're right. It still feels like we were missing something there. Uh, but he finds the guy he, he came out to look for, the the runner, the guy who ran off. Yeah. And he's in the road struggling with a zombie. Uh, Dwight comes up just as the guy is able to knife the zombie and throw it down. Dwight tackles him. Good. Back to Daryl. He's in his cell and Sherry sneaks up and she's outside the door and she says, uh, she wishes she didn't try escaping back in the woods. So she's talking about last season when Daryl encountered her and Dwight and, uh, the other woman in the woods. And she reminds Daryl about, when she said, I'm sorry, after they stole Daryl's stuff, like his motorcycle. And Daryl responds with, you're gonna be. And she says that she is now. Not because she stole the stuff, but because she came back to Negan. Right. Which is pretty intense. Uh, Back out on the road, Dwight is leading the guy back, presumably with a gun pointed at him. Uh, And now he's given up the motorbike. 
Like he dragged that sucker all this way. Right. <laughs> just to forget about it so he could walk back with this other guy. Well, it's it's he wouldn't be able to hold the gun at him up at him if he was if he was pushing a motorbike too. Well, you know, if the motorbike doesn't work and it doesn't do it's not doing any good and it's got a flat tire and a bunch of broken spokes and you really can't ride that thing, why in the Sam Hill are you still pushing it? Like leave it, you know, park it, leave it. Come back for it later. If it's there, great. If it's not, it was never yours. That's true. No, you're right. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but the bike you know, is gone if, now. And if you go back to the uh, the compound and it comes back, it uh, that means it loved you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you were never meant to be a part anyway. That's right. Maybe Negan gets pissed off if you take a bike out and don't come back with it. So Dwight was just trying to, well, you know, follow the rules. So why isn't he making this guy push the bike all the way back? Oh, you know, point. hold the gun on him, walk, and, you know, Negan wants his motorbike back, and you are you made me come out here and break the motorbike, so you get to walk it back, you son of a bitch. That's a good point. Apparently, this guy's name is Gordon. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was ever said in the episode, but he was credited in the in the end credits as Gordon, so we can call him Gordon from now on. Gord, Gord, Gordy. Or Gordy. Gordo. Gordo. The Gord. Extension the Gord. Gord. Gordino. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so Gordon tries to convince Dwight to let him go. Basically says there's nothing back there. And, uh, he, you know, he's saying things like, you know, there's just one of him and there's all of us. Like, why can't we rise up against him? And uh, Dwight says, because before they were losing and now they're not. So I guess he feels like Negan is a, a good leader, I guess. Uh, but Gordon questions why Dwight follows him, you know, after everything he did to his wife and so on. And and uh, and Dwight's saying, she's not my wife anymore, this and that. And uh, Gordon talks a little bit about, you know, his wife. I think he says Maria is her name. And he says in the first little while, he thought he knew how to fight monsters, but now he doesn't, I think implying that Negan is the real monster, you know, yep. not, not the zombies. And Gordon says he will not go back. And then he kneels down in front of Dwight and says, this is the last time he's going to kneel. I think he expects Dwight to kill him, basically. Yep. He's uh, asking for it. He's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's, this is, you know, I'm not going back. So you kill me if you have to do what you have to do. Um, but Dwight, Dwight does something pretty evil here it seems like he really wants to take him back so the guy can face the punishment for this and he threatens to kill everybody gordon knew he threatens to dig up his wife's body and feed her to the crows he says so he's just threatening everything that this guy is going to respond to so gordon does he relents and he says fine dwight you win he gets up he starts walking again and then dwight shoots him in the back (laughs) like if you're gonna kill him anyways why not just shoot him in the forehead when he's kneeling in front of you and get it over with. Well, it, there's a difference between, you know, it being Dwight's decision and it being Gordon's decision, right? This way, everything is, uh, is on Dwight's terms. I got him to do what I want. Now I can kill him. But I'm going to, yeah. And I'm going to kill him anyway, though. Like it yeah. just seems unnecessarily evil for, for Dwight, who we kind of feel like is, in a tiny way, even a tiny way, questioning, you know, what Negan's doing already. Well, this gives him something to uh, lament and regret in uh, future episodes. Well, Remember that time I killed Gordon? Man, that sucked. That I sucked. really should, I really should kill Negan. Yeah. 
Boy, I hope Dwight's not the guy who gets to kill Negan eventually. <laughs> That'll be kind of unsatisfying, even though, uh, you know, it's Dwight, but... Well, it'll be a zombie, random zombie attack. Days ex machina. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I just felt, I just felt like Dwight might as well have just killed Gordon right at the beginning instead of having to go through all this, like, torturous, I'm going to dig up your wife stuff. But he doesn't. He does it, and then he shoots him in the back. Um, commercial break. We come back, and we are in a dark staircase. And Dwight is there talking to Sherry. And he he asks if Negan is good to her, and she says yes. She asks if Dwight is happy, and he says yes. And then Dwight says, you know, he did the right, th- or they did the right thing, talking about the arrangement they've made here with Negan, and he says it's better than being dead, and she agrees. But none of this really sounds genuine to me. Like, I don't think they believe what they're saying. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, talking to your ex-girlfriend, and saying, how's everything with you? Oh, everything's fine. It's all it's all good. How's there, how are things with you? Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. You know, doing stuff. Busy. Yeah. Except, Always busy. Yeah, that's right. Working a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But the problem is in this scene, I think it goes deeper than that. Like, they're not just making small talk. They're outright lying to each other to try and convince each other that they've they've done the right thing here, which yeah. neither of them feel they have. You know? Yeah, and I've I've had such conversations with ex girlfriends. <laughs> Not recently, I, I hope. No, no. <laughs> Not recently. Yeah. Um. Do you want to tell us about one of those conversations? Well, the last conversation I had with an ex girlfriend that went sort of like this, I ended up getting back together with her and uh, married her. Really? Remember? You remember Jenny and I broke up for a while. Did you? I don't remember. Yeah, for like uh, almost a year. Well, that's good. The, the, you need a false start sometimes in a relationship. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> so you had one. So maybe Dwight and Sherry are going to get back together. Oh, they're definitely going to get back together. In secret. Well, I don't know about in secret, but uh, oh, I think that eventually they'll, uh, they'll reconcile, reconcile. This is the, this is the love story. This is our, uh, this is our love story. Uh, we just have to get Negan out of the way. And then, uh, and then these two star-crossed lovers can get back together. Sure, we have to get Negan out of the way. That's the problem. I think they're going to get back together secretly before that. Oh. And that's not going to go well for either of them. Because... And then Dwight will uh, get her pregnant, and Negan will think it's his. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, good times. <laughs> not really. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody is going to spill the beans, and Negan does not like spilled beans. No, he does not like spilled beans. So, well, um, we go back to Daryl in his cell. The damn song is playing again. The music goes off. Dwight brings a sandwich. And this time, Daryl doesn't take the sandwich. And uh, Dwight pulls out the big guns now. And he says that, you know, you got your friend killed, meaning Glenn. And he says that Negan has taken a shine to him, so he's lucky. Otherwise, he'd be dead a long time ago. And then Dwight leaves the Polaroid of Glenn's dead body on the floor for, well, he sticks it to the wall for uh, Daryl to look at. Daryl hesitates at first, but then he looks at it and he breaks down crying. And meanwhile, Dwight is outside listening and he hears him crying and eventually uh, walks off. So I'd say Norman Reedus did a pretty good job crying in this scene. He looked very upset. He did. I completely bought it. Completely bought it. Yeah. 
he's probably uh, you know very sad about his friend Stephen Yun leaving the show, and he could draw on that emotion for uh, Glenn being uh, killed in a horrific way. I, I, you, you could be right. You know, leaving the show, getting beaten to death, those are about the same thing. Well, you got to draw from your own life experience, right? And, and amplify it. And like amplify you have to, you know, it's it's the way I would act if I were an actor, and I'm definitely not. <laughs> no, I, I I don't think you are. But uh, anyways, later, Dwight comes to get Daryl, and now Daryl's on the floor surrounded by vomit. So he's having finally. a... Yeah, finally, he's having a rough time, and he brings Daryl to Negan into that room, which I thought was Negan's, but you're totally right, is not. And Negan tells Daryl all of Dwight's story, how Dwight was working for points, along with his super hot wife and super hot sister, according to Negan. He talks Wait, his of, sister or his wife's sister? Uh, no, Dwight's 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 super hot wife and her super hot sister. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, Negan talks about marrying the woman, um, and then Dwight took off and he stole the medication. That was last season, you know, and, and, and Negan says Dwight came back and begged for forgiveness, which he kind of liked. Um, and, but of course, Lucille, he uses Lucille like she's a person again and says that, uh, Lucille didn't like that. So he burned Dwight's face with an iron. And that's why Dwight is all mangled on the side of his face. Cool. And then he explains that Sherry agreed to marry Negan because um, the other woman, God damn, was it, wasn't Tara? Terry? Terry, Sherry and Terry. Terry, Sherry? Yeah, Sherry's dead, of course. And so Sherry agrees to marry Negan instead if he spared Dwight's life. So that's nice of her, I suppose. Um, and Negan calls Dwight one of his top guys now, and he says that they're totally cool, which is interesting because I don't think that Dwight is totally cool. And, and I'm not sure if Negan really believes that, or do you think Negan kind of knows that Dwight might not be totally cool? I don't know. I, I don't think that Negan is that stupid. I think he knows that he and Dwight are not that totally cool, but he's saying that in order to get Dwight to do what he's told. Yeah, but and also to convince Daryl that he wants to be that guy. Right. Right? He even says to Daryl, you know, I'm totally cool with Dwight. Look at him. He's one of my best guys. You can have that too, right? Um, and all he, he says to Daryl, all you have to do is ample one answer one simple question. And that question again is, who are you? So Daryl doesn't answer right away. Negan asks him again, and we know that he's not the kind of guy who likes to ask the same question twice. And the tension now in this scene is just ramping up like crazy because Daryl is hesitating and looking down at the ground. And eventually Daryl looks up at him and he says, Daryl. Daryl. This is my other favorite scene in the episode because I, I really, really wanted Daryl to say his own name. I did not want him to say Negan. Well, he can't. He's going to do it eventually, but he can't do it right now. I can't make it look like it's easy, right? That he's coming around easily because then uh, uh, Negan will call bullshit on the whole thing and uh, end up killing him with Lucille. So I think Daryl has to come around in order to in. Uh, he's going to fake it and come around, but he can't make it look easy. But isn't he just isn't that too risky? Like he knows Negan's going to bash his brains in or Negan loves bashing people's brains in. And 
like I just feel like he's inviting death. He's inviting Negan to hit him. Yeah, but if he uh, gets into Negan's inner circle and becomes a Negan, then uh, maybe he'll get his hands on a shotgun or even his old crossbow. Yeah, I know, but but it's... then the odds are better that he'll survive. You know, now he's a uh, he's he's wearing a stupid jumpsuit, living in a cell, uh, sleeping in his own feces and vomit, and he could be sleeping in this nice, comfy room with a shotgun under his pillow. You know what? You know which one gives him better odds of survival. Right, but, but what I'm saying is he's taking too many risks trying to get to that point of living in the comfy room with the shotgun. No, because he knows that uh, Negan's taking a shining to him. Uh, you know, yeah. he's so uh, he's the that. fair-haired boy. He's uh, he's the Norman Reedus of uh, this particular storyline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting analogy. <laughs> well, I don't know. It it feels. It feels like it's just so risky at that point to not say Negan because he knows that Negan will be like, fine, if you're not one of me, I'm bashing your brains in. Um, okay, so here's the clincher. Okay. Third, I'm uh, just, as you all know, I follow along with the actual uh, show playing in the background and I jump around so I can see things that uh, I didn't normally catch on the first or second viewing. This room that they're having this conversation in, there's a TV and you know what's hooked up to that TV? An antenna. Atari 2600. <laughs> really? That Yes, I see two joysticks. I believe there's an Atari 2600 hooked up to that TV, and that's an incentive enough for me to want to jump ship. I'll join Negan's crew to play with an Atari 2600 in my new room. So you're a Negan. You're such a Negan. I'm 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 an Atari slut is basically all that boils down to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd be a Negan too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Not Daryl. I, I wouldn't have survived two years into the zombie apocalypse to even give, be given the opportunity to be a Negan. I'd be a. Uh, uh, I'd end up being a zombie, uh, sitting at the bottom of a lake, uh, <laughs> trying to catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> well. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. I hope you have a nice life there. Uh, well, I guess a, an Atari video game system is not enough incentive for Daryl because he's still Daryl. Yeah. And I love that. I, I'm glad he didn't cave, even though I think it's kind of insane. I'm glad he didn't cave. It was, I thought it was a really uh, momentous moment for him as a character. He is the unbreakable man, Daryl. So far, yeah. So far. Well, Dwight reacts at this. He's ready to go off on Daryl, but Negan says, no, it's cool. Daryl has made his choice. I can't help that, even if it's a dumbass choice, is what he says. Yep. So Dwight takes him back to his cell, says he'll wind up hanging on the fence. And uh, Daryl says to Dwight, he gets why he did it. Um, you know, why he sort of took Negan's deal or whatever, uh, because he was thinking about someone else. Or maybe he's talking about, I get why you you ran off at some point because you were thinking about someone else. You wanted to steal the medication for uh, Sherry's sister, for Terry, right? Right. <laughs> um, and and Daryl says that's why he can't. And is Daryl saying it's because I don't have anyone else to worry no, about? No, he's, he's saying that uh, because of Glenn, he can't be a Negan. Oh. Because of what happened to Glenn, I can't do it. Uh, the reason you did it is because of someone else. It's because of someone else that I can't do it. I understand. That does make a lot of sense. I got him killed, so I cannot bow down to this guy. I deserve to die for what I did. 
is sort of what he's uh, saying. Yeah, he, he sort of, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's deep, man. Daryl's a stand-up guy. Yep. <laughs> um, Dwight goes outside, and he watches the guys wrangling the zombies onto spikes some more. And he just kind of stares at them, and he sees zombie Gordon at the fence. So he shot, uh, uh, he shot Gordon in the chest, and then brought brought him back as a zombie. I guess he can't come back empty-handed. Well, you know, but which makes me think, which would be easier: bringing uh, a person back at gunpoint, or bringing a zombie back that doesn't have uh, personhood attached? So. You know, would it be easier to drag a zombie all this way or would it be easier to make a person walk all this way and then make them a zombie? Yeah, probably easier to make a person walk all this way. Because yeah, it's also very difficult to get a person or get a zombie to, uh, you know, walk your motorbike all the way back. But you can get a person to do that. Sure. So I think Dwight made, a, you know, two mistakes here. Well, he made his life more difficult. That's for sure. So yeah. I don't know. Zombie doesn't listen to orders like walk that way. Nope. That's not going to work. No. So, uh, anyways, Dwight's just kind of staring at them and he turns around to go back inside, cut to black and we are done for this episode. So real quick, um, I do think Daryl is like the unbreakable man. And if he does seemingly break someday, it's all going to be faked because he think it's in it's in his best interest to escape or something like that. Um, and I think we'll probably see more of that at some point. Um, and I think Dwight is definitely not fully 100% on board with Negan's plan and crew. No, Dwight's faking it. He's, uh, he, he's trying to survive any way he can and, uh, he's, uh, he, he can be easily turned. And I think everybody, not if, not, if not everybody, most people on Negan's crew probably feel that way, but they're, they're afraid to, uh, uh, to talk secretly in case, uh, you know, they're not actually uh, possible. They're not actually thinking of, of turning on Negan. See, the, the, yeah, I mean, I'm not so the guys that say we are Negan remind me of we are Groot a little bit. Uh, but they, the, the guys who identify as Negan, like, I really don't think those guys are thinking revolt or turning on Negan at all. I think those guys are fully on board. They're just sort of weak minded. Dwight in previous episodes seemed pretty gung ho to be on Negan's crew. Yeah, but has he ever said like he has he ever used the name I'm I'm Negan? Well, no, neither. Well, neither has a whole bunch of other people before now. Well, I, mean, I know, we, but we heard it a couple of times uh, on previous episodes. But no, I I think we did see uh, Dwight as a fully fledged member of Negan's crew. And I think if it had come up, he would have said that he was Negan because you think Negan would get would let Dwight go without saying I am Negan. No, no, you're absolutely right. But uh, I, I just think it's important kind of in, you know, within what we're seeing as an audience that we haven't seen him say that it's another clue that he's not fully on board. Um, but the the first time it came up was last season at that radar station or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. That guy said, we're all Negan, right? And and gave us the hint that, you know, Negan, while he is a person, he's also kind of an idea and uh, they've all bought into it. But I think Dwight is definitely not 100% on board and that is going to play a big part in this season, right? right? It's going to, there's going to be a key pivotal moment where Dwight does something that helps our crew 
rather than Negan's crew. And we're probably yeah. all leading up to that very climactic moment at some point, maybe in the first half of the season. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. Um, so, and then real quick before we end, do you think that Negan should have just killed Daryl or does it make him more of a genius leader to not kill him and, and leave him alive, even though Daryl refuses to bend to his and bow down to his submission or in submission? Uh, two th- Two things. Uh, one, I, I, I think that uh, they're trying to break Daryl and not kill him, like threaten to kill him. So I think they're going to let it play out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, Daryl is Dwight's responsibility. Ne- Negan's not going to kill him. It's up to Dwight to uh, to make that decision. But do you think if Dwight killed him, Negan would be pissed? No. no? I think uh, Negan, uh, as a leader, has... Uh, you know, set the goal of, you know, either break him or kill him uh, to Dwight. And it's up to Dwight to make that call. Yeah. I just, I get the feeling that Negan might be disappointed if Dwight ends up having to kill him. And, and a disappointed Negan is probably not a Negan you want to encounter very often, but. But that's fine. I mean, that's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a way of good leadership is find the right people and tell them what to do and not how to do it. Yeah, you're right. Delegate tasks. Yeah. <laughs> Delegate the task of breaking people to your will. <laughs> yeah. Set set the goal and uh-huh. say you, you know, you have the tools to do it. Go do it. Go do it. You know, if you if you can't do it, then uh, you know, kill him. That's fine. <laughs> kill him and uh, we'll talk after. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll do uh we'll break it down afterwards and see what worked, what didn't and uh, see if we can uh, get it to work better uh in the next project. That's right. In <laughs> your next breaking project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I thought this was a pretty good episode. I thought it was an interesting look inside Negan's compound and his uh, the way of life that he's imposing on the, these people. Um, I did feel bad for Daryl a little bit because he has gone through some shit now. Uh, but as one of our title readers pointed out, you got to see Daryl Dixon naked. To be fair, really dirty and naked. Dirty and naked, that's not a bad thing. That's not always a bad thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I enjoyed this, and I think the whole idea of Dwight and what's going on in his brain is going to be actually really important to this season. I agree. So there you go. Um. All right, we will take a very quick break, and when we come back, we're going to read your holy crap, did you see that moment? So stay with us. to thank some of our new patrons this week that have gone to patreon.com slash the talking dead and supported us there in fact there's just one uh, gentleman by the name of keith mcburney thank you so much for your support on patreon Um, and a couple of quick notes about patreon and our patrons Um, of course if you've pledged at a level involving a reward i will be in touch Um, i know i said that last week but uh It's been a busy week, and I'll definitely get to you. The other thing is, though, the Patreon interface for patrons is not 
the best in the world. Nothing against Patreon, but I find it kind of easy to miss people and uh, miss new pledgers. Um, so if you don't hear your name on the show or if I don't get in touch with you, please send me a message and let me know, and I will definitely write that wrong. Um uh, I just wanted to point that out. And then I'm also, one of the reward levels is some stickers. And I just wanted to let everyone know I'm in the process of getting new stickers made, but uh, we'll do our best to get them out to you as soon as we possibly can. I know I've been getting these stickers made for a while, but uh, it will definitely happen. So thanks so much to everyone that supports us on Patreon. If you want to find out more about that, visit patreon.com slash the talking dead. And uh, we thank everyone so much for your support. We're on easy street And it feels so sweet Cause the world is but a treat When you're on easy street And we're breaking up the good champagne We're sitting pretty on the gravy train And when we sing every sweet refrain right Holy crap, did you see that? We're on easy street All right, it's time to read your Holy Crap, Did You See That moments. And the first one here comes from who on the internet? Holy Polaroid Crap. Did you see that pic of Glenn-ish? <laughs> or am I mistaking something here? One last appearance, RIP. Poor Glenn. Yeah. He just had to show us his twitching body on the ground one more time. Yeah, and it wasn't twitching anymore. No, because it was a photograph. Yeah. Uh, but also important for Daryl, you know, it's, it's, it's what Daryl, it's what made Daryl really break down. And if there was a point at which the poor guy was going to break, it was probably that, that one. Yeah. Yeah. But he did not. Uh, Sean on the internet writes, holy self-contained episode. The biggest problem with the walking dead is time as time goes on and they are incapable of telling a story outside of their typical structure. It gets more and more frustrating. I want to see Rick's group processing their loss, but now I have to wait until week four. Yeah. We got to keep waiting. How do you feel about that though? Like, are you after the premiere and then we go to the kingdom and now we go to Daryl in a cell. Are you missing like, the main group are you anxious to see what they're going through after that first episode yes i am but it's a you know a common storytelling technique to uh build tension to a crescendo and then jump storylines to somewhere else like you do in novels all the time yeah leave the audience wanting more a little bit yeah you build tension then leave jump away build tension there jump back build tension jump away it uh you know common story telling technique and I, we did this last season too so mm -hmm. i was kind of expecting that uh you know after the premiere episode i was like yeah we're probably going to be at least an episode or two before we come back to find out what the hell's going on here yeah i kind of expected them to do it as well but i thought we would get tara's story tara and heath and, and well, that we, might be next week uh i think next week we actually do go back to rick's group but oh. i i don't know 100 percent uh, but I bet you if we do, then the one after that, um, episode five, will be Tara and Heath's story. Right. Um, but next week is 90 minutes, too. So um, I don't know. Maybe we get 90 minutes of Tara and Heath. Could I, be. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the next week on preview yet. Um, but uh, I, I sort of agree. Like, I do. I am curious about what they're doing and, and how they're reacting to what happened in the episode one premiere. But I'm also not worried about it i know we're gonna get it and i and i don't mind waiting too much so 
it's uh it's not bothering me that much noop j on the internet writes holy bad guy i really hate dwight i know we will probably learn more about his character and why he's such a weasel but right now i can't stand the sight of him i know the more i know the move will ultimately be to make him a sympathetic character but i hope they break from the comics here so yeah i mean dwight is in the comics i don't remember exactly what what happens with dwight in the comics now um, but you can already see, as we've talked about in the show, that there there may be a turn to making Dwight a little more sympathetic. I have no comment on the comics. Because you have not read them. I don't know what's happening in the comics or what happened. I didn't, uh, I was, wasn't sure that Dwight was a character in the comic. But even you can see that in the show, as you said, Dwight is, he might come around or he might do something that helps like Rick and the gang rather than Egan and the gang. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. definitely going to be pivotal to uh, taking down Negan. Okay, so uh, Noop J goes on, and and uh, Jason, you know the uh, the Iron Man um, melody from the uh, song Iron Man by, uh, oh my god, um, what's that band? Ozzy Osbourne. I do not. Iron Man, yes. I Ozzy Osbourne's a person. Iron Man. Black dude, Sabbath. Is Black a... Sabbath. That's it. That's it. But he's in Black Sabbath, right? He is, yes. Sorry. Well, Noop J writes, can you ask Jason or Christina to sing this for Dwight's theme? I am Iron Face following Negan all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that tune, so... Sure you do. uh, I am Iron Face following Negan all over the place. Well, Chris did it, and we're done. (laughs) And we're done. (laughs) Last time someone sang on this podcast, they got remixed, so... Yeah. Welcome to Remix Nation. Uh, Adam in Texas writes, holy crap, they're Pavlovian training Daryl and complete with dog food too. (laughs) Yay. Seriously though, how much time has passed here? At least a couple of weeks, time enough for Daryl to heal and regain his strength. But we know people heal quick. So Carol healed from gunshots. Daryl can heal, heal from a gunshot to the shoulder as well. It's probably been like three and a half hours since he was thrown into that cell. (laughs) He's probably haven't seen a nighttime. It's been daytime the whole time. All this happened in three hours. Yeah, three and a half hours. <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> Sharni on the internet writes, holy crap, did you see that fat guy? How the fuck do you stay fat? Unless homeboy discovered a way to eat the walkers, I just ain't buying it. It's been at least two to three years in. I know his fat ass had to run from some walkers and probably starve a while too. Uh, Negan refers to somebody as fat somebody at one point in this episode fat tony fat tony no oh, that's simpsons yeah it's like fat joe or something like fat that it's when he yeah. tells um it's when dwight's gonna go after gordon but negan tells get somebody else to do it right he tells him to delegate but dwight says i like to do it so yeah i don't know there's just sometimes there's just fat guys and they uh they don't lose the weight in the zombie apocalypse for some reason uh hurley never lost the weight on lost well no but they weren't there that long yeah, and I guess they had f- plenty of food. Well, eventually they started getting airdrops, and uh, yeah, they started getting food. Yeah, so I don't know. Emily in New Zealand writes, I just want to ask a quick question. Does Negan have a child in the comics? Any child at all? A son? A daughter? Because, holy crap, that I'm thirsty, so I'm going to get a drink was the biggest dad joke I've ever heard. Classic Negan. <laughs> I don't understand it. Well, I don't understand that. He kind of made the joke where he said, uh, you know, um, 
lucky Lucille's not that thirsty today, but what does he say? But but I am. And then he gets all threatening on Daryl, and you think he means, I'm thirsty, so I'm going to hit you. But he says, I'm thirsty, so I'm going to go get a drink. Okay, now I understand. Yeah. It's kind of a dad joke, which is yeah. just a bad joke that you make for your kids. I do it all the time. I do it too. And I haven't been a dad that long. No, but you're getting the, you're getting the swing of it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, James in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Holy crap, Dwight. Dwight went, went from being a worthless lapdog to one of the coldest characters in The Saviors by threatening to dig up a man's dead wife. Holy crap, that was some fucked up dialogue. It was. It was. Uh, and James, I may be coming to your city on the weekend. I'm, I have plans to go to Pittsburgh on Saturday. We'll see if that plays out. Nice. Coming to see a Penguins game. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Brooke in Portland, Oregon writes, my friend tends at a local bar within walking distance from home, and I've managed to get permission to watch Walking Dead on Sundays. So I've been traumatizing the unlucky local drinkers the past few weeks with this season. She puts the volume low and keeps subtitles on, and when it got to the part where Negan is meeting with Daryl, the subtitle reads, Taps Lucille. I actually went and checked. It's Lucille Taps, which is strange, but uh, anyways. Brooke goes on, I lost it and physically yelled, holy crap, did anyone else see that? But no one cared that the subtitle people know the pet name for his weapon. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that would be funny to be sitting in a bar somewhere with Walking Dead on and most people don't care because they're not at home watching it. They're sitting in a bar drinking and then someone jumps up all excited and yells, holy crap, did you see that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be awesome. So nice job, Brooke from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Next time... I don't know, get it on tape somehow. That'd be hilarious. Uh, Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey writes, my holy crap moment was the ending. Even though Dwight didn't force the deserter to come back to the compound, it was still kind of shitty that he didn't shoot him in the head. I guess Negan would have been pissed if he didn't come back with something. You got to put people to work, you know, whether <laughs> it's uh, working as a zombie or working as a human being doing human being things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody has a, has a job to do. Well, he's, dead or dead. Alive. he's got three options. You're working as a dead man. You're working for points and wishing you were dead or working for me and living like a king. And getting new shoes. That's right. Don't forget the shoes, right? Yeah. All right. Finally, Jackie in Croydon, UK writes, holy crap. Did you see Daryl defy Negan? Who are you? Daryl. Yay. I said, then immediately thought, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Outstanding performance by Norman Reedus. Yeah, that's true. It was. Norman was good in this episode, eh? I agree. He cried. He fought. He uh, walked without shoes. Yeah, it was better than cats. What? (laughs) I laughed. I cried. It was better than cats. Oh, yeah. Okay. Better than cats. Yeah, sure is. Uh, and, uh, and that's it for now. So thank you so much for, to everyone for sending in your holy craps and, and all your other feedback. Um, and I think that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, do you have a minute, Jason, to hang out? Yeah, I suppose. Because I want to talk about... I mean, I I don't like you very much, but (laughs) I guess I can hang out for a little while. For for a couple minutes, good. I mean, we're going to wrap things up here in a minute, so I'm going to talk about something now for uh, a second that is going to uh, shed some light on whether we have a feedback show later this week or not, and potentially later on in uh, weeks after. But um, if you don't want to hear about my personal life for a minute, then the podcast is over. Thank you so much for listening. You can turn it off right now. 
but the reason we may not have a feedback show this week is because on Friday of this week, everyone who's been listening for a while knows my wife. She's been filling in for you occasionally. True. And on Friday this week, she had a medical issue, had to go to the hospital and is still in the hospital. It's now Monday night, of course, um, and ended up having having some surgery done on her neck which is kind of kind of crazy. People who've been listening for a while know that that she had major surgery earlier this year and basically is just fully recovered for it and now had this weird thing happen this week that's caused her to end up back in the hospital. And it's a bit crazy because she recorded with me on Thursday night last week and this yep. all happened on Friday. She woke up Friday morning, everything was fine. And by Friday night, she was in the critical care unit at a local hospital having surgery on her neck. Um, but she's okay. She's recovering. Christina's doing pretty well at this point. She's not quite ready to come home yet, but she's also obviously not going to be podcasting with me for a little while, certainly not this week. Um, so so I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, uh, in terms of, of feedback show or future podcast recordings with her. Um, but uh, I just wanted to let that let everyone know and uh, let everyone know that she's going to be okay. Granted, if I had just said nothing, no one would know the difference, but I don't like to say nothing for some reason. Right. Um, and then you may ask, you know, what am I doing here recording at all when she's in the hospital, you yeah. know, uh, having, having a, a rough go at things. Um, the, the reason really for that is that I have to be home anyways, because the kids are here, they're upstairs asleep. It's not like I can just leave. And I have spent most of the days at the hospital with her and, uh, you know, I'm not there now. And if I wasn't doing this with you, I'd just be sitting here doing nothing, worrying and, uh, you know, whatever. So we decided to record anyways tonight and, you know, um, that's, that's okay. I think. And she's fine with it. She said, go home and record. I'll be okay. Oh, good. And right. she knows that all of our hearts and thoughts are with her. Yeah, of course. And you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a rough, it's been a rough few days, uh, just dealing with this Friday night was like the worst night ever because, you know, you go into the hospital, uh, and you don't really know what's happening and you just don't have any answers. It's not like when you go in for some sort of procedure that's, you know, that's planned or that you know what you're getting into. You've got all the information up front in that case. This time you don't have any of that information. So you show up there, stuff starts happening and you just, you just don't know what's going on and you have to place your trust in the, in the doctors and all the medical professionals, which, you know, I totally feel good doing, but it's still crazy because you just don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so anyways, she's doing all right and, uh, hopefully she'll be home soon. Um, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see how the rest of this week goes, but if you don't hear from us this week at all, in terms of a feedback show, I apologize, but just know it's because I'm busy with, with that. And, uh, you know, it's nothing I can do about that because that's ultimately the most important thing. I know. Absolutely. I know it feels like the podcast is important and it is to us, uh, but not when something like this happens. So, yeah. uh, I was hoping to not have to see the inside of a hospital room for a while there, Jason, but, uh, turns out the universe is got other plans for us, but hopefully this is it, man. Cause, uh, 2016 has sucked for hospital time. 
Yeah. Sometimes the universe can be a vindictive bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the year for that for us, I think. So yeah. anyhow, um anyone who's still listening, thank you so much for doing that. Uh as I said, not sure when I'll be back, but we'll see what we can do. And uh until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.